Welcome to 40 Years to Freedom Podcast. You're listening to Jen. I have Brittany here. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thank you. And we do have a very special guest today, Mr. Clay Building. How are you doing? Excellent. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's Monday. And Getting snowed on. Another blizzard. Yeah, we're ready for another blizzard, which I'm by far over. And you guys all keep telling me to suck it up because we need it. I'm kind of over it too even though we do need it i'm, I'm just over it because so i want to kind of it's kind of funny yeah. that we're talking about what we're talking about today because i want oh, to I, I get to it i'm ready and the snow keeps happening so oh the snow the snow here in reno has been a mess and it's freezing and it's supposed to dump it's starting to snow again right now and it's not supposed to stop we're supposed to get like a foot of snow in, yeah down here in the several floor. up top the i-80s already closed again oh, right now boy. both directions yeah. I was supposed to have more clients after this, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it back northwest Reno in the snow tonight. So. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So that brings us to our subject today, which we're all dreaming for a little bit of warmer weather, springtime, and the beautiful summer garden. I guess you would call it a summer garden, wouldn't you? Because it's not like you're really gardening any other time of the year, are you? You could. You could? Yeah. Greenhouse. Oh, see, that's why we're that's talking why, yeah. to the expert. Greenhouses <laughs> and... Brady and I are so excited about the potential of having our own home gardens. But I can tell you right now, I can't even believe I have 16-year-olds that are still alive because there hasn't <laughs> been a plant or flower pot or anything along the way my entire life that I've kept alive. What about um, you, Brett? I love plants, so I... I love my house plants and I'm just kind of like learning how to actually like do it right and like bottom feed them instead of like pouring water over the top of them. And so successfully, it's been like two and a half years that I have like six thriving house plants that I'm proud of. Six. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> and it's not even a house plant. It's a flipping. It's one of those, um, whatchamacallit's, the like aloe. What is it called? The oh, like a like a succulent? Yeah, like a succulent. Oh, yeah. It's those are really succulent. hard to kill, I think. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they they thrive in the hottest of hot deserts with no water. So you're good. I'm good. Yeah. That's why I planted them <laughs> until in my I give it too much water. Which That's a, that is the problem yeah. with succulents. Too I much planted water. all like desert plants in my backyard last year because I'm like, I could probably keep those alive. They don't need much to it, right? And I did okay, but I mean, I'm ready to try some things. But I don't know. The I have key, no the idea. The key to indoor plants is once you find a spot where they like, do not move them. I oh. mean, I'm not even talking like in other parts of the room they like once they get acclimated to like temperatures in the house and sunlight I've through certain that. certain lights and windows coming through don't move them don't touch them so are these plants like telling you like i hate it here yeah oh for or, sure no yes. i have one that sure. it, like one side of it faced my tv and it like on yeah. one side just like did not thrive and the other side that was all sunlight and not again near the TV was completely different. Yeah, too hot. They'll start yellowing. There's they'll start wilting. They're, the plants definitely will tell you for sure. Um, and the cool thing about house plants, especially, um, is technology today. There's apps out there that literally will scan your plant, take mm -hmm. pictures of it, and pretty accurately tell you it needs magnesium. It needs these vitamins or you know or the whatever this fertilizer that's kind of crazy it could just scan it and tell mm -hmm. you yeah. what it needs inside yeah yeah I even like on app. snapchat if you take a picture of a plant it'll tell you what plant that is so if you're like i like that plant i want yep. one in my house or whatever it'll like give you the plant id 
and like show mm-hmm. you like what how much water it needs or you know if it's desert or that's crazy well i have actually that's not true i had a plant for like 10 years i think i eventually threw it away because i was so sick of taking care of it, it but, it was, but it, i i would only grow like you put it in water so i don't know anything about plants i barely know about flowers but you just grew it in water so it like started in like a, a fish tank okay. and i think from there i moved it to a pot full of water and i just got sick and tired of taking care of it. it's kind of like that beta fish that never dies and you're just kind of <laughs> like, like, like oh my gosh hell? yeah so uh, I did have a plant for quite a while, but I think that was successfully the only one I've ever had that worked. Now, everybody else in my family has a green thumb. My dad always had a garden. He always grew plenty of plants in his life. <laughs> and um, he always did great with that kind of stuff. My mom, same thing, like pruning her rose bushes certain times of the year even now since she's been living with me she's been like planting plants around and everybody's like your house looks so cute and i'm just like well it's not me (laughs) it's definitely not me they say that comes with age and here i am 44 i'm just not old enough (laughs) you're gonna turn over that new that's a compliment right no pun intended (laughs) i am turning over a new leaf I want to learn how to, like, propagate my plants, though, because I don't know, like, you know, you, like, trim them off and, like, make a new plant, but, like, what soil you, like, I want to learn more about that and flowers. I would love a flower garden because if you grow the right flowers, like, you can make bouquets for weddings. You could do a lot with that. And then, obviously, food with the food shortages, like. And costs. And and the health factor of, like, all the crap that you buy at the grocery store has so many pesticides. And I would like to be able to, if I can, if I'm good at it do that produce produce for my family so that's that produce, I'd like to learn. produce yeah pretty good <laughs> i am i feel exactly the same i've always wanted to do a little garden uh the house that i'm in currently now um you both have been there i live literally a rock skipping a jump away from clay but i in my backyard there is like squares already set up for gardens oh, cool. that have like drip systems in them well, I've been there so long and my dog is such an amazing animal that at this point there's no more like drip systems left, but it's all straight in the ground. Like it's not up, it's not raised or anything. So could I even use something like that? How would I even start if it comes down to it? Of course. Um, knowing your backyard though, it's kind of, obviously it's facing west northwest right correct right your backyard is north northwest so it's not getting any morning sun and then it's blocked by a bunch of trees in the backyard there's a handful of trees yeah so th- your backyard doesn't get a lot of sunlight as it is and a lot of plants need a good 8 10 12 hours of sunlight a is day. morning sunlight the most important sunlight yeah, it's the best that's why a south east east southeast facing yard is the best Okay. With nothing blocking it because that sun hits first thing in the morning and then it's not too hot, right? Mm-hmm. First thing. So it gets all that sunlight. And then as it gets hotter in the day, it's kind of, you know, being blocked by trees or houses or whatever. If you're, you know, living in a place like we live mm-hmm. where you want that first morning light. And as it goes south, that's all the best light you can. I've already shot the... down my garden dreams. I know yours too, <laughs> mine too. I'm like, I can't move my backyard. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, no, what am I going to grow it in the front yard? But, but, the, but the good thing, there are plants that are out there that you can grow in several, only a couple hours of shade, um, sunlight or like the shade, stuff like that. And you can also do greenhouses in the backyard, which 
obviously raises the temperature of what plants would need. Okay. And that's what you're going back to what you were talking about earlier as far as a summer garden versus anything else. You can damn near garden year round if you had greenhouses and no matter what the weather is outside. Uh-huh. Because you can you can control the air and the um wind and the humidity and everything in those house in those greenhouses. So it can be ideal year round. Nice. Okay. How did you learn about like where did your little gardening journey start? My dad. Your dad. Yeah. You guys always had one? <clears throat> always growing up. Um and if anybody's out there has bought our provider cookbook, there's a story of gardening about my dad and my gardening i was in his garden when i got the call that he passed away out hunting so gardening in our family has always been um a part of it and i I mean it went for a couple years uh after he passed away that i didn't want anything to do with it right and then once i was like okay i got to do it again and now i'm learning more and more you know the the technology and the information that's out there nowadays is you know it's a plethora of it so you can learn pretty damn quick Mm -hmm. where back in the day you had to maybe go to the library read about it you know go put it to to practice that didn't work go back and get another book and try to something or talk to an old timer that has been doing it forever Mm -hmm. you don't have youtube and google at the you know tip your fingertips (laughs) to any problem or things that you have you can learn about it instantly. Yeah. Right. And I'm still do that. I'm not a, I'm not a perfectionist or a know-it-all for sure in gardening, but I do if learn a lot just because trial and error and the technology out there today, it's instant. Well, trying to prepare for this, all I had to do was, and I usually search everything in Pinterest. I feel like it gives me a little bit more direction than if I'm just looking on Google for, you know, if I'm looking for information that I need, um, I'm going to look, unless it's like the news, clearly I'm not going to be trying to get news information off of Pinterest, but if it's something that I'm trying to create, I'm going to put it in Pinterest. And I did that this morning, um, knowing that we were going to talk about this on the podcast and it literally is page after page after page of for first time garden beginners guides where you should start the zones that's something i don't know about so zone um gardening um what kind of soil you need the the area that you live in like what time of the year you should be planting things so let's jump right into Mm -hmm. that um okay so i have my backyard i have the two spots that are clearly not in the sun um they're not raised and i've never done anything with the soil what should i where should i start uh soil test oh okay how do you do that um you can take a sample and take it to numerous of the nurseries around town and they can test for you or there's kits where you can take it and send it in and they'll send it back to you saying okay yours is very acidic you'll need these to make it more balanced yours is this it'll you know is that keep going i'm sorry so um so that's where you'd start for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just say you do have the perfect backyard for it. Raised garden versus in the ground, there's really, um, they do make certain types of soil for a raised garden bed if it's up off the ground. But that just has to do with water retention and uh, a little bit more nutrients because if it's in ground, it's getting a lot of that stuff from nature right and bugs and worms and stuff that are in the ground naturally uh-huh. and all the microisms um that are happening in the ground naturally where up in up in a raised box that's really not happening a lot 
because you're putting your because, own stuff yeah, in there, right? Yeah, you're putting your stuff in it. It's the, the, the dirt that you're, you know, so it needs stuff from the bags that you put in it um, to get all that stuff, all the nutrients that it needs for those plants that are in a raised garden bed. If you were just to take dirt from the ground and put it in a raised garden bed, it would probably work for maybe a year or two if you don't keep feeding it. But it will eventually run out of stuff that it needs because when the dirt is in the ground, it's getting, you know, rain and leaves and everything mulched into it. And it, there's so many things, birds and picking around in it. If you had chickens, they're scratching around in it. There's a lot of things that happen naturally in the dirt in the ground versus a raised garden bed. So they make specific types of dirt and stuff to help raise garden beds out so when you do the soil test do you just do like the surface dirt or do you like wet it dig down and get yeah, like a little bit sure. deeper yeah, yeah for sure get down into it and then um like your own garden in like northern nevada and stuff um do you like mulch that with actual different soil or do you just use the ground that you depends forgiven um obviously if you like where my mom's property is it's it was old it was a ranch for hundreds and hundreds of years before it was developed. So the dirt in her yard is absolutely perfect. Um, where developments are, where they take, you know, all the top soil off and they bring in rock and stuff so it doesn't, uh, your your backyard doesn't flop into your neighbor's yard and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You do have to soil amend a lot and give it nutrients because they strip all that good dirt off and take it away and sell it when they're building subdivisions because mm -hmm. they need the dirt to be compacted in the rock and the structure of that dirt so that's a, what a lot of people do in subdivision is raise gardening because the dirt is not good you do have to bring in um a lot of dirt good dirt topsoil compost um and do a whole bunch of stuff to the dirt to get it to be able to grow because they stripped all that top good nutrients off when they're doing subdivisions so i thought a raised bed was Let's see. This is just how much I know about gardening. Um, I thought the raised ones were for like pest control. So like cool. if they're they're raised. So because I probably every morning there's six bunnies run out of my backyard as soon as I let the dog yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. Right? That, that's a big, big thing for it. For oh, sure. Oh, OK. All right. I thought that that's really what it came down to. And you to. don't want stuff like bunnies in your, they don't help like, you know, like take any of that extra stuff out. <laughs> no, and they, they poop everywhere. For, no, no, that's good for the ground. They're, st they're, okay. they're, they're poop, but they don't like it because they eat all the stuff. If they're in there eating all the lettuces and the carrot tops right. and that's where, that's how the plants get, you know, the sunlight is from mm -hmm. their greens, right? Mm -hmm. Their tops. So if the rabbits are in there foraging, eating all that, then. What about like frogs or snakes? Like, is that I, those sort of things? I love them. I love frogs because frogs, I'm going to go, to answer your question, I'm going to go back and this will solve a lot of people's problems. I think is a, a lady, I believe she was from Kansas originally. Her name was Ruth Stout. And when she turned like 75 or 80, she moved to New York and she wanted to grow a garden. And for years, she would be out there plowing and digging and rototilling and doing all this stuff and adding stuff to the ground and everything. Now, again, what we just talked about kind of doesn't, go here because the ground was natural. It wasn't stripped of stuff like in subdivision stuff, right? It's just natural dirt in a good area. And so she for years worked and worked and worked. And one, one day she was out back and was looking out in her backyard in New York. And there was underneath the forest, there was 
you know, deer eating over here. There was turkeys eating over here and there were squirrels and all these animals were eating off of the natural food that grows. And it was never planted. That ground had never been worked before. It was never rototilled. It was never, no amendments were ever dill. So there is an actual gardening technique called the roost out gardening technique where it's a no-till garden operation basically. To get started in, in today's world when they've stripped trees and done all that, you got to think in the trees when she was looking at all the um, leaves and everything fall off of it, branches fall down, they decompose and all that gives nutrients right back to the ground. And in return, the ground gives back what the animals need, right? Mm -hmm. So she was like, why am I doing that in my own garden? Why not just put the, basically throw my seed, do whatever I want on top and kind of cover it with leaves and whatever and let it grow, see what happens. And in turn, it worked really well. So there's roost out. That's what I go by is roost out gardening. Um, and there's books on it and methods on it. There's other forms, permaculture, horticulture. There's a whole bunch of forms of gardening, but I go by roost out where I don't rototill. I don't till, I don't dig because you got to think what I was talking about in the ground. There's millions and millions of bugs and micro micro um, isms that are down there working in the dirt especially when there's food, right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So all those are in kind of harmony together. And there's the thought that if you go in there with pitchforks and rototillers and everything, you're grinding it all up and you're killing it. And there's just a, you're taking the dirt from the bottom and doing its top and, and that's not where those bugs like to live. And they, this doesn't work on the surface. So there's all this, my, and I truly believe there, Aeration is good, right? You maybe put in a broad fork, it's called, and kind of just move the dirt a little bit, but not rototill it. Kind of just kind of stretch it. Air pockets almost. Yeah, kinda. just you just stick this little fork in. It's got big spikes on, about twelve inches long, and you just stick it in and kind of just loosen the dirt, kind of wiggle it back and forth, just kind of like kind of like aerating your lawn, mm -hmm. right? When they pull the plugs, just to get air down there and give some stuff to it. But as far as ripping it and rototilling it and adding all the stuff, you don't do it. Her theory was plant and cover it with some type of mulch. Hay, dead hay, dead straw, leaves, and do it like six, eight inches. And then eventually that bottom layer of mulch, whatever it is, is going to die off and give all those nutrients back into the ground and add another four inches. Keep adding and literally all that all that dead um, as it decomposes will give what the ground needs in return be perfect for your soil as long as you keep that up yeah right don't don't dismulch it once and call it good mm -hmm. so that's what i live by is the roost out gardening method where when if you take care of the dirt by putting mulch on it and doing all that not letting it get cooked by the sun uh, not letting it dry out because it's just open air dirt, then it's always going to have what it needs. Now, if you year after year, if you start planting the same crop in the same area, some plants are heavy feeders in certain things, phosphorus, potassium, a whole bunch. So some of them are going to be sucking up with exactly. Okay. So you might need to add back in some of those. At just the, in that area? Just or? in that area. Okay. Because you don't want over here, these plants don't, they don't 
need a lot of that stuff. And how do you tell like that crop's not thriving? So you're no, like, no, 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 that crop you, when you plant it, you know, you know what type of what it needs is for its energy. Because when you're like growing at start, um, so you know, when on fertilizer, when have you ever looked at fertilizer, even when it's grass fertilizer, there's a, th there's three numbers. I'm sure if there, I it's like I a would... two, four, eight or a 12, zero, zero or a, okay. um, and that, I don't know this, but okay. Okay. So the fertilizers, if you look at it, there's three numbers. It's, uh, PK, I'm just freaking forget it. I'm talking about it. Um, but there's three numbers and it tells you, okay, it's high in potassium or it's high in this, or it's high in this and those three deals and certain plants when they're first growing and they need a lot of green, they need this, like a high first number. Okay. And then once it gets established and it's growing, you cut that back to nothing and give it more of this because it's growing. Maybe root vegetables need this to grow their roots. Where if they're a fruiting, like a tomato or a pepper, when the, the, the fruits are on the outside, it needs something else. So the plants that you, the plants that you plant, uh, will help you determine what you're going to give the dirt. Okay. Because it t certain plants take out other stuff. Um, I mean, you keep asking me questions. I can keep talking about it all day long. But well, there, we're gonna. That's yeah, the point of this podcast. There's there's, <laughs> there's what's called companion planting, to where you can plant uh, carrots with, let's say, tomatoes or carrots with peppers because they totally don't they don't eat the same stuff. And one's growing up and one's growing down, and it's they're taking out stuff that they need, and the other one doesn't. So there's mm -hmm. companion planting. You don't have to just plant one thing in one area. So you can like double up on stuff. Uh, Does that end area. up making your your produce like <laughs> like taste different stuff? Yeah, like I uh, mean, are, am I gonna have some weird carrot tomato now? Like if uh, I do that, yeah, are they gonna like uh, breed? Yeah, uh, they're gonna have some. That's weird why mutated you babies. You don't want you don't want like certain cucumbers together you don't want certain peppers together because they do cross okay but like peppers and carrots don't do that okay or stuff like that so um it does like if you were to plant let's say a hot jalapeno next to a mild jalapeno and then uh in the same row they have a baby <laughs> they don't really have a baby but they'll take on um each other's characteristics so you the the milds might be a little bit hotter than they would be if you just planted them by themselves you know away from those hot ones okay so they they interact together and so, so do watermelons and so do cucumbers and stuff like that where they they'll cross and get each other's characteristics that's weird so like okay you harvest your um garden at the end of the season you get everything out of there um what do you do at the beginning of the season like if you do that lady's method do you how do you prep your soil to start your new garden or like what do you do to so start? i move my Wait, and what time of the year is that starting well here so we're it, like you were talking about earlier we're in zone 7a 7a or 7b 7 really um and that's just what they from the the equator is where that is and that's okay. From the temperatures of where you are so the more north you are obviously the colder it gets sooner and um you know doesn't stay hot as long okay right? okay so we're we're at seven seven a or seven b i can't remember exactly here in reno but um the good thing is you can go to the farmers farmers almanac put in your address and it will say you're in seven a and you have a frost date at the beginning and at the end of the year okay so let's i mean just to start let's say first time 
that's coming up, right? Our our average frost date is May, middle of May, end of May here, we'll still get frost, right? And certain plants, if they hit, get a frost, they'll die. They'll never grow. Okay. But there's also cold weather crops to where it doesn't matter. Onions, garlic. Um, so you uh, plant those first. Yeah. yeah I, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just trying to have You're how to answer that. Jumping to conclusions. No, garlic but... and onions. If you uh, so garlic, there's two versions: a soft neck and a hard neck. Hard neck, you they really need to go through a freeze state. So you want to plant them two weeks prior to your first frost of the year, which is usually in October, sometime here in our zone, end of October. So middle of October, you want to plant your next year's garlic and okay. onions. So it goes through a freeze state. It it sets roots in those last two weeks before the freeze. Mm-hmm. Then it goes dormant. Then now, like my, my garlic and onions are already eight or 10 inches tall through the mulch and through the snow, growing wow. up through the snow. Wow. Because it's gone through that dormant stage mm-hmm. and now it knows it's coming on and it's a cold weather crop. It's fine. It's not, it's set in the dirt and or, or obviously set in the dirt, but it's already... The roots are already established and it's not going to die, garlic and onion. So it can grow basically now until you harvest it mid to end summer. So if you know what plants you're wanting, you can start planting right now. There's lettuces, most lettuces, carrots, um, some beans. There's a lot of stuff you can plant right now, but long before the frost comes, because if they get Even frozen, this- they it doesn't matter to them. Are we planting seeds though? Or are we like, cause I know that you start inside with a bunch of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what is that route? So what's so, going to be the difference of that? So again, kind of the same, what we were just talking about the, the direct. sow, which is directly into your soil or your, your plant medium raised garden bed or, it's, you know, down in the ground. <laughs> if it's a cold weather crop, you can plant the seed right now and it'll thrive. There's also plants that if you were to wait to do direct sow, tomatoes, can't do t- potatoes, um, a lot of stuff that, it, like we were talking about with the freeze, if it gets a frost on it and dies and you do it directly in the ground, it's, it, it's, it's worthless, right? <clears throat> so that's why you would plant in seed trays and do in a, you know, in a shed underneath a grow light to get them started. And you want to start those about six weeks prior to your first frost because by the time that six weeks comes it will be you know it would have sprouted has its first and second set of leaves on it and it will be growing with a good root and then you can transplant those from underneath the light into your garden to your garden outside Um, but you don't want to just take them from the light and plant them directly you like Like a week times you kind of weed them off you take them out and you first day you take them from underneath the light and you put them outside for two hours and then put them back underneath the light god it's like a child it is then the next day (laughs) you put it out for three hours you know you because you got to think in a in a atmosphere underneath the light maybe in a shed or greenhouse or whatever it is there's no wind there's no cold there's no nothing so you want to take those out and if you were just to take your fresh tomato plants that are five, six inches tall and put them in the ground. And the first wind that comes, that, that stem is not strong at all. So it's going to just break and get ruined or get lengthy and not, and not, you know, survive or do very well. 
So you want to, huh. you know, wean them off, take them out for an hour or two, put them back in. And after four or five days, they're out for six or seven hours. Fine. Plant them. Now, now you're good. But as we know in Nevada, it can, I mean, I got s- snowed out of a July 4th tournament ba- playing baseball back in high school. So yeah. we do have na- crazy weather. In which turn your garden's just ruined because. Of- well, you, you would hopefully cover it. You would just completely cover it with plastic, basically a real quick greenhouse. Okay. And y- you'll be fine. Um, but usually from May on, you're, you're pretty good. Um, they always say once the snow is off a of pea vine. Yeah, that's what uh, I've heard too. Yeah, once snow's off, this year it's going to be a while. It is going to be a while, <laughs> so that's why you do have to have a lot of plastic or hoop houses, you know, uh, basically uh, interim greenhouses that you put over the top of all your plants once you're, that once they're in the ground. So your cold weather crops when you're planting now they can survive all that stuff, and then your ones that can't do any frost you want to start six weeks inside if you're doing them yourself if you're doing them by seed the other you option can just go buy the-, the other option is go to home you know any of your good stores or nurseries and you can buy starters already right they're already a foot tall some are already but are fruiting. Those, am i babysitting those too no. like taking them outside no, no, no. The, for the, the, an the hour nurseries, the nurseries that bring those to home depot or lowe's or whatever they've, they've started those months okay. ago and done it and they they deliver them and you that's why they're outside at home depot right they're all out front because they've already they've already d- gone through that got it um so starting you kind of mentioned starting as far as uh how do i start and do i start with seeds or do i start and what do i start with i would say start with crops that are pretty uh (laughs) sturdy or or you can't really kill like what Uh, like squash pumpkins. squash pumpkins um oh look at that needed to take that but that's all right um peppers are really if you wait until um past the freeze peppers are pretty hardy um carrots are very hardy but they're kind of hard to start by seed because carrots if when you sow them in basically you're putting them the seeds right on top of the ground and maybe just a light dusting of dirt if you cover them with what you know typically a half inch quarter inch half inch of dirt for most seeds they'll never sprout because they don't have enough energy to pop their little once they once they do finally do it they they don't have enough energy to Mm -hmm. push up out of that soil that much so you want to put like carrot seeds right on top and just kind of very light dusting and then until they take you have to keep them wet if they dry, if they get wet when you first water them in, and then you don't water them for three days, done. They'll never sprout. So you basically can't travel in the summer if you have or, a garden. Unless you or have you have it set up on, you know, oh, timers yeah, like a drip and a system time. drip yeah. system. Or, or your uh, house sitter knows how to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, as, as fancy as you want to get, drip systems obviously don't, you have to have it be able to spray because drips, right, just go into the dirt. But with mm-hmm. like carrots... Drip systems are fine once they're established and growing, but at start, they have to be sprayed, like get wet on top. So what a lot of people do is actually uh, plant, you know, sprinkle the seeds and then dust them, wet them in, and then cover them with cardboard or a piece of wood or something to hold that moisture in. And then like every couple days, check to see if they've sprouted and then take that off. 
So, but after that, carrots are very pretty easy um, to grow. So um, she asked earlier, like, uh, what you can't plant next to each other. Can you plant vegetables, flowers, and plants in a the oh, same yeah. garden? Like, oh yeah, same, for sure. Uh, and it's it's healthy too, right? Because what do flowers do? Yeah, pollinate. And what do they attract? I don't know. Bees. I'm yeah, bees <laughs> and bugs and beneficial things that are going to help your garden. Hmm. Um, because there's there's like corn. Let's say when corn takes a hold you have to have either uh a stiff wind to to shake because the stuff that comes off the top of the corn has to shake down and get down and like pollinate the itself there yeah because oh. it it's a self-pollinating deal okay. there's also um there's there's also like fruit trees where you, you I'm, you might have heard that you need a male and female for uh, them to pollinate yeah um and that's if you don't have bugs and bees and birds and everything that are and coming along, then you need um, other stuff to make it happen. So planting flowers and things like that are very beneficial. It also attracts other bugs, right. but that's why I'm okay with frogs and snakes and lizards and stuff because they're really eating bugs they can that that you don't want in there. Yeah, I have like a breeding ground for frogs in my backyard, so yeah. I just wanted to make sure that was like they would ruin or be okay for no, my. I I have pictures and kids love going out there and catching big toads and yeah, yeah they're fine because they eat the slugs and the you don't want slugs in there. So okay. I mean, I just I, I, really in my view of of gardening or growing stuff is let it happen because nature knows what it needs, nature knows what it's going to do, and you can fail by not watering it or you can fail by too much water. Um, but that's on you to know what types of plants that you have and how much it needs. Mm -hmm. Um, and just paying attention to the plants in the soil. But as far as bugs and animals and stuff like that, I keep the rabbits out and that's it. Um, do you go out and like, I, I know you probably have a system and stuff, but like water like twice a day, like my sprinklers come on in the early morning and then. Yeah. So over the years I've, I've kind of know I, I do know the plants that I plant. Um, I know now how much that is, but if you can go out and if push your finger in and if it's dry, like an inch or two down, you need to water. Um, okay. That's a pretty good test. Okay. I have another question. Um, so my, the side of my backyard where I can like envision a, a garden, I have like mostly pavers and then a side with grass, um, but it doesn't get like that ton of morning sun. What are those like half are the like th greenhouse things? Yeah, like, is that something that would help produce more or like hold in more? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just a greenhouse right on the side of the house. Mm -hmm. So it's just capturing the heat and stuff like but, that. But like on has open ends or do I have to have it completely closed in? Depends on the temperature. Okay. I mean, meaning if it's at the you know beginning, or if you're trying to get an early start on certain vegetables, uh -huh. like have a tomato plant in there early uh -huh. that can't get a frost, you need everything closed up. Okay. And um, at the end of the season, the same same thing, right? If your frost hits at the end of the, you want to you want to make your harvest last as long as possible. So at the end of the year in October and stuff, my tomatoes and stuff are still going crazy. And so for like three and we you know we can always get snow in september we can get snow, yeah. it's early right so you just got to pay attention to the temperatures and i mean i've i have covered plants for well over a month because i want that harvest to continue because i know you know it can go from 
32 or 25 to 85, you know, in Especially a day here, yeah. right? <laughs> so um, all that just kind of depends on, on the temperatures, if you're covering or not covering or things like that. So, okay, we've started our garden. You started your garden. Um, you are, everything's starting to grow. How do you know when is the good, a good time to pick things? Besides, like, I, I know that you could tell with, like, berries, right? Or maybe, like, a pepper, right? Because it's going to look that way. But how are you going to know that, like, your cucumbers are ready to go? Or am I looking for a certain size? Am I looking for feel? Like, is it, am I making sure that they're nice and hard still before I pick them? Just to be able to get the best results in the long run not everything's harvested in the fall right things no, throughout not at all. the sun. Yeah. yeah 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 um so if if you look on any seed if you're doing it from seed um it will tell you specifically 87 days to harvest 92 days to harvest 140 days to harvest okay um care like things like um beets and um, that you can't see right things like, you can't see literally they're they're done in 30 days from seed to harvest 30 days, that's why you can you continue to plant. After you plant again, plant again, plant again, because throughout the summer, you're going to need, you, you can basically get however many, you know, plantings of it. If mm-hmm. you only have one little specific area and you're only doing beets or you're only doing radishes, radishes especially, ra- some radishes are done like in 27 days. Mm-hmm. And so you can leave them in the ground longer but they start losing flavor and texture and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so, um, and then there's, there's certain things on, um, say cucumbers that once the flower drops off of the end, um, the, the, the blossom end, cause it blossoms wherever you see a flower on a plant is where it's going to fruit. Okay. That's, and that's, that's called a blossom end. So the blossom end comes out on squashes on, you know, and that's that, you know, did you sneeze? No, I thought there was a bug on me and uh, I was trying to oh. <laughs> <laughs> The garden, you know. <laughs> I thought you sneezed. That was a but uh, so when those those will come and they'll fall off and, you know, that, that will happen. Um, and again, the plant will tell you when it is ready because if you know what you're planting, say cucumbers, you can physically obviously see the fruit. Beans, you can see the fruit. You know, a lot of things, peppers, you can see the fruit. So um, when you plant it, the type and breed of the, there's, hell, probably 200 types of cucumbers and there's 100 different types of carrots and there's all these different types, right? Mm -hmm. Each one will tell you typically six to eight inches long, typically 12 to 18 inches, whatever it is, right? So uh, when you plant those, and that, I, I mean, I have a book. I, I know exactly I what plants. Ask, yeah. I I have a daily planner, a garden planner. I know exactly what plant is where in my garden. So, so you know, like if you planted May fifteenth, June exactly. twelfth, this is ready. Exactly. Okay, because mm-hmm. that would get so, confusing. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, so. especially with a garden his size. Yes. Like my little square box, I would be fine. I would know. Yes, I <laughs> would know. But you have like a backyard. Then you have like, you have a, have like acre, a hillside. Yeah full of stuff which is crazy yeah so i write everything down and then i really once once it's established and and it really just needs water and sunlight i mean because like you were talking about earlier what do you give um i i I soil amend what's called 
giving it fertilizer or worm castings or um, blood meal or, you know, these things that give nutrients back into the ground, which are all natural um, occurring things that in, in soil. But if you're constantly taking it out from a garden, you need to give it back in, especially if you're not mulching and, and doing things like that, like the roost out method um, where at, so at the end of the year, when I pull my garden, once it, you know, it freezes out, I will soil amend. So give um, fish oil. Um, I'll give blood meal. I'll give worm castings and then break that in just light rake and then cover it with mulch. And then at the beginning of the season, um, I'll give it, um, um, <laughs> that's how my mind is. <laughs> um, it's Monday. It's it, okay. But I'll give it another set of soil amendments mm -hmm. because some of this stuff um, only lasts X amount of months, right? right? So if you give it, if you give certain things right at the end of the garden in October, and when you plant in April and May, if you were to give it at the end, they're not, they're gone. Yeah. Right. So that the, not that they're really gone, that there's the, the plants aren't able to use it mm -hmm. basically. Um, and the plants will tell you if it needs certain material, certain stuff as well. Cause like tomatoes are very apt to get in what's called blossom end rot. And the, have you ever seen a tomato where the, the bat bottom end of it, it starts turning dark brown or yeah. black. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's called blossom end rot. And so that doesn't have enough nutrients in the ground to it to give it the full nutrients. And sometimes it will start splitting. You'll see tomatoes that split, and that's another sign of things that it needs. So if you just go out there, you know, once a week, twice a week, and look at your garden, and go, oh, that's happening. I need to give it this, and and all of these kind of things. I could just get at the local nursery. Yeah, don't have to have a special license or anything. Do you like make that. your own compost? Uh, I do. With like just eggshells and your throwaways Vegetable scraps yeah i mean co composting is is very beneficial um especially if you have like chickens and stuff mm -hmm. because you put your compost and you actually put some of the chicken feed mm -hmm. in the compost down down below the surface of the compost and they'll scratch for their food and it's constantly working that turning compost turning it over so you don't have to um but yeah you start with i can't remember the percentages but you start with green material grass shavings uh uh food scraps lettuces all that stuff and card and then brown you have brownie it was you have sticks and little uh, cardboard and things like that um wet it down and and let it work and then so which in turns brings um all that organisms and microbes that are happening with that compost all that's the same basically thing that you can do in the garden when you're mulching and there's uh, there's a garden compost basically you dig out a spot in your garden and put in a bucket with holes in it and stuff mm -hmm. and leave it open and that's where you put your com I mean, don't you kind of turn it over no you don't you don't need to okay because the worms and stuff they'll crawl through those holes in the bucket down in your garden and work it and eat it and turn it and do everything worms well, uh, worms cool. nature's really worms amazing. are the, worms are probably the most beneficial thing to your freaking garden they're, they're they're worm castings you can go to the store and buy worm castings which is basically what their poop mm -hmm. <laughs> uh they eat all the food and the compost or whatever and people actually farm worm castings oh. and they they'll put the food and the worms will come up and eat it and poop and then go back into the ground 
And then so you can harvest all those that and put it in your garden because that it, it's amazing how beneficial worm casting is. So um, worms are amazing for your garden. Like the first thing I would do if you did start a garden in the ground, soil them and test, obviously, like I said, and then that will determine what your soil needs. Um, and then go from there, right? Put in put in potassium, put in phosphorus, put in this, put in that to get it to the level that you need it to. And then dig and put in, buy worms. There's plenty of places you can buy worm, garden worms, big red night collars and stuff. Um, and put them in there because worms will, it's amazing what worms do. Hmm. It's like pool chemicals with like the phosphate and all this. I'm going to make Brad help me. He probably can figure that out. Um, with your seeds, uh, do you take seeds from like your prior year's harvest? Mm -hmm. Do you buy seeds? Like how do you? I only buy seeds if I, you know, obviously I've bought seeds in the past and you get, you're on the mail list basically now, right? So yeah. you get the new um, catalog every year and I'll look through there and to see if there's any, because they, they, they'll crossbreed and come up with the, all these new breeds and, and species of plants is that like taking and two seeds and planting them together and see like I, comes? I actually don't know how they do that i think I, some type of engineering thing right right um planting them together and i really don't know how that happens but they they come up with all these different new versions of carrots and cucumbers and like the whole i remember when the melon thing happened so my whole family we've eaten melon my whole entire life like almost every single meal there's either a cantaloupe, a honeydew, or a watermelon with. And um, it's just been a staple in my house. Mm -hmm. And then I remember like when I was like 21, 22, all of a sudden there was the Toscano cantaloupe. That was like a tiny, a smaller version of a cantaloupe. And it already had like the lines where you should be cutting it mm -hmm. in it. And then like right after that, it was the mini watermelons, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you have all these like mm -hmm. different, where I never seen those in my life before. I mean, it probably it's been the last and 20 years. I'm a firm years. believer is because of people. Yeah. Uh, growth of people. And what have people gone, have, what have people done from back in the day? They've moved from rural to city with very small backyards, no oh. place to plant, maybe just a, maybe just a, a patio living mm -hmm. in an apartment or a condo. Mm -hmm. And you have only a, th you know, two by five spot to put a raised planter, right? So you can't grow these big, humongous things. So there's there's pat there's versions of patio tomatoes there's versions of patio eggplants all this stuff that are miniature so yeah. they grow smaller for these these people the, the so progress crazy. that's so crazy to me so they, to answer your question uh, I only buy seeds if I go through that book and go oh, that that might be cool I'll try that and but usually I'll, I at the end of the year my last harvest of every thing I'll I, I seed harvest uh -huh. um, right what they are. And then you just let them dry out, put them yeah. in a jar or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, when you go to like, let's just say I want to do bell pepper and I'm cutting a bell pepper in my kitchen and, and I save those seeds. Can I do the same thing 100%. essentially? That's that's what you do. What about like if I don't want like all those pesticides and stuff, is it not, should I not use those no, seeds or is, it'll be fine I mean, if you really want to pay attention go or really worried about that, um, go to like sprouts or an organic place oh, okay. and get them there. They right. don't use, um, you can grow, you can go to any sprouts because a lot of like you're talking about, they'll spray um, potatoes and a whole bunch of stuff with nothing bad for us. Obviously it has to happen because we've gone from, you know, 
growing your own food to living in the city where all that food gets shipped into a store and has to last, right? Mm -hmm. So it does have to be sprayed with some stuff and some of those chemicals like stop potatoes from growing and sprouting. Mm -hmm. um, Or like apples. Same thing with apples. Exactly. So if you go to sprouts, none of that stuff happens. They are, they they only get their produce from non organic, whatever you want to call it. Um, from from seed to start or finish to where you can go and take potatoes from there, peppers from there, and and you can do it from any store. I'm not saying except potatoes. They they spray an inhibitor on there where that it won't chit. It's called chitting, and then you and you can't grow them. But peppers, you take them out and you have to dry them out before you plant them. Mm-hmm. Don't just take them out and plant right away. Right. Som- sometimes they will sprout, but it, they usually have to dry out and then sprout like is can, just a jar fine for drying out or do you have to like lay them on a cloth and like yeah. really make sure they're abs- the, yeah the, the if you do put them in, it, yeah exactly because they'll they'll uh mold, mold. Mm-hmm. exactly okay. so I'll, i put them on a paper towel and mm-hmm. for a couple of days just yeah. in the kitchen right. and then put them into a plastic sack i just watched this whole video about doing that on tiktok it was the wall street um, journal <laughs> tiki talk oh yeah it was the washington I don't know, journal i've never been on there um yes um in the washington journal app that i have <laughs> on my phone um they did that with a kiwi so they scooped out all the black seeds mm-hmm. um rinsed them off put them on a paper towel got the paper towel wet till it started to sprout in the paper towel almost and then they moved that to a little tiny pot and sprayed it again and then yeah and then like another couple of weeks went by, they moved it to a bigger pot, and then it was literally kiwis growing on a plant in the guy's backyard. Well, we can't crazy. do that here. We no can, kiwis can grow here. Well, unless you had uh, greenhouses and stuff. Okay. Citrus does not just does not do it here. We can't grow orange. That's why you don't have oranges and limes and you know all the citrus oh. stuff. You can have apples and pears and stuff like that. But again, like apple trees are very they're fickle here because any fruiting tree like that is because. When they start blooming, if we get an early free or a late freeze, you're done. You can bring so them I in have... and out. But mine are all planted into the ground. But right. if you had them in pots or something, pots and stuff, and you had them in a greenhouse, you'd be fine. But if, but so that's another thing. You just have to pay attention, and you have to go out there and wrap your trees in, in mm-hmm. cover. Mm-hmm. They make them. They mm-hmm. they and to give your plants a better chance. But um, with fruit trees, I just kind of let it go by the whim that's just. why wine only grows well in certain climates <laughs> because well, the grapes wine doesn't grow snowed a foot in napa the other day yeah. i did you that's what we're meeting in california it's snowing in los angeles like just five feet of, of uh, the mountains above us it's LA. crazy castake lake like i've got i have family all still down there so i see their updates like on a regular basis and it's but quite that, crazy even that the snow makes you wonder in climates like that where they're probably already gardening or growing in those regions i would think and then something like this happens probably just ruins our crops well oh, like yeah. we have fr- friends who garden well they don't garden but they have um fields of produce and crops and all that in chico and that's all right because of the weather right now it's all getting Big hammered for they're they're going to be hurting because it, it was like four days of right there at freezing it snowed all over the orchards the and orchards and stuff and uh i bet there'll be a lot of crop loss this year in that oh, area that's too bad because of that. it's terrible i mean obviously they have insurance and stuff like that but if it if it is bad as what they are predicting almonds and anything 
associated with that will be very expensive. Well, I was going to say, here comes more price increases, unfortunately. Here goes my almond milk. So I'm going to have to (laughs) grow this year. Um, Okay, I have a question. Because I have have an apple tree in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And... Now it makes sense what you're saying. That's based because I'm like, it only gives me apples like every couple of years. But is it only giving me apples every couple of years because it's freezing in between that? Like and as or- soon as it turns like the fun colors and they start to flower, it freezes. And then that year you're I don't done. get apples. Mm-hmm. That's why. 100%. And or does it, do you know of anybody around you that has an apple tree? No, we don't talk to our neighbors. Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> You would be better off to plant another apple tree if you only have one because of what we talked about earlier as far as a male and a female needing each other to fruit. There's a plum tree right next to it. They can't like... Plum apples, they do. Some that they'll cross, but it depends on if you have a male or female. But there's no, there's no fruit on the plum tree. There's, it's never been, it's never given anything except for a beautiful tree for about three weeks. (laughs) And then it's the ugliest tree. Yeah. So... uh, one biggest one my my apple hasn't done anything for two or three years to either because we've gotten early free or but i uh, curse it when freezes. it does happen because There's like so the many. amount and not just that but like the rodents that i get in my backyard yeah. like because of the apples fall every single day like every single day yeah. my kids not me uh have to go out there and pick up the apples off the ground well, like give, every if it single does happen, day give them to me i'll give them to the chickens yeah, or you could put it in your compost. Your compost because, well, okay. this is where I'm going with all of this. Because I think this is all great information for starting your own garden. But I'm so lucky because I live right down the street from you. <laughs> and you grow the biggest garden. So <laughs> yes. I just come over with a basket yeah. and grab stuff when I need stuff, which is great. So This is why you're one of the providers because you provide <laughs> a lot of us with some I goods. I do. Lo- I love doing that. Um, when I when Nicole, when Nicole first moved in... Uh, she was like, we should uh, plant some stuff. And I was like, okay. And I started with just like a two by maybe eight deal, a couple tomato plants, some herbs. I know and, Nicole and she's probably regretting ever saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, cause I, I'm, I mean, I obviously grew up doing it, but that when she said it again, I was like, okay, well, and then the next year I took out a 20 by 15 spot in my backyard. The year after that, I went into my, the slope of my yard and took out a 50 by 30. And then I added another 50 by 30 over, took out more. And so I just kept adding. So now I, you know, I do 50 tomato plants and 30 cucumber plants and. Which uh, is crazy to me because I feel like that's so much that you end up producing. But this is where I want to kind of end our podcast subject is what do you do with this plethora of fruits and vegetables that you have? Because it's not like they stay good forever. How do you let it make it last your whole year, season, six months? So obviously there's different techniques and and stuff for different um, vegetables or whatever you know crops whatever it is potatoes you you know you can store in a dark down deep dark place and root cellars what they used to call right um where the temperature is constant it's dark so there's no light for them to sprout or chit um there's canning there's pickling um there's sauces and soups freeze them um salsas salt i mean all that stuff i do i mean when it when it happens when the harvest is happening it's a daily deal of going out there and staying up until two or three pickling jarring making sauces making soups so i'll make all 
you know, zucchini breads. And I, uh, we ate a zucchini bread this weekend. I give, I give a lot away. Obviously you guys know that you come and get it. I've never um, gotten zucchini bread from you. Well, come over and get it. I, I made like, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the year, again, it, you know, their zucchini and squashes are basically dumb proof, um, where they'll grow mm-hmm. in any soil yeah. uh, in, in, and, and same with, uh, pumpkins, but cause they're all the same family, but I'll, I'll stay up all night at the end. So at the end of the year before the first, the first freeze and it killed all the plants, I took all the zucchini and everything and made like 50 loaves of zucchini bread in three Do or four just days. Freeze the bread, freeze, freeze the dough. Yeah. Like... No, freeze them. Make, okay. make them, bake them. Okay. Uh, and then two wraps in tin foil and then in the freezer bag and then freeze them. A lot of vegetables. Can you just like t- chop up, put them in a food storage bag, seal it and freeze that and Depends. then pull it out to saute it later? <laughs> uh, vegetables, no. You, you either have to blanch or cook, then freeze. That's why when you get frozen vegetables at the store, uh-huh. they're they're uh, already cooked. They're just frozen. You just got to heat up because if you, okay. if you don't, they'll just turn into mush and water and stuff because... Um, so tomatoes, um, depending on what you want to do with them later, make sauces or come bring them back as a real tomato. Um, you have to blanch potatoes. You have to blanch because, um, if you're going to freeze potatoes instead of putting them in a root cellar, which I did a lot this year, I made a whole bunch of French fries and, uh, mashed potatoes and a whole bunch of stuff. I just pre-make all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then whenever we need to have corn or potatoes or, you know, all all, tom- all the tomatoes I make into soups and sauces and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, uh, most of the time I just um, make a tomato sauce. And then depending on if I need to make a pizza sauce or a pasta sauce or a soup, then I just have straight pureed tomatoes So you do in the all freezer. your own canning too? I do all my yeah. own canning. Um, pickling. I love pickling stuff. I mean, I'm still eating on pickling stuff from two years ago, three years ago. I said it before and I'll say it again, but if shit ever hits the fan, I'm coming to this house in your house. <laughs> I just hope you'll accept me. What can I bring to I'll watch kids. If there's no electricity, there's no, I mean, I guess scissors we'll yeah. have to do, but. Yeah, I, I all that stuff. Um, and so that obviously, Nicole, by the end of August, she's like, over it mm-hmm. the harvesting and the i mean it's, it is a lot of work so if you're taking on that um deal but i i absolutely love um you know people getting it and eating it and and saying thank you i mean that's when i bring yeah i'll bring bushels of stuff to family members or nicole's family or friends and they'll send me pictures and they'll send me recipe or not recipes yeah pictures of their food you know their kids eating it smiling it and that's kind of cliche but well, two years ago, you gave me things that I really didn't know because you never know what you're going to get when yeah. you go over to Clay's house with your basket. And I learned my lesson the first way I showed up. The first time I came over, it was like just a regular basket. And <laughs> he's like, that's not big enough. So now I come over and it's this giant basket that my mom had and we fill it up. But you never know what's going to be good, right? Yeah. Like, right. What's or gonna, like, what should like, I make with it? Yeah. Well, exactly. Like, what's, what's going to be what's, uh, what's, flowering or exactly producing what's, at what's that time. ready to go. Yeah. So he puts everything in my in my basket and then i get home and i'm like okay well what am i gonna make with this or whatever i'm the only person who eats eggplant but i love eggplant right so he always gives me oh oh my god i just love eggplant but i made a squash soup with poblano chili peppers that was probably the best dang soup i think i ever made in my life and i just roasted down the squash scooped it all out and then 
blended it with poblano peppers that I roasted really quick, you know, and it was just, oh my God, it was so amazing. So amazing. I think you get creative. Yeah. That's, that's the cool thing about what I do as far as having it right there. And to be, the best thing is for the kids, they, they literally, they go out there. First of all, they learn mm-hmm. uh, about taking care of things. They, they know how to water, they know how to take care of it. They the, teaching them how to live off the land. Mm-hmm. Right. It was just huge to me. Um, but for them to walk out there before school and go, Oh, I want raspberries today. I want strawberries today. I want blackberries today. I want four carrots. I want a, you know, a sweet pepper, uh, whatever it is. They, they go make their own lunches. They walk out there, they get it. It's the fresh as it can be. And you always, Oh, fresh food is always the best from the store, but it truly is. You know where, you know what it's from. There's no chemicals. There's Mm -hmm. no, none of that. And for them just to be able to walk out and go, Oh, I want this today. Obviously, it's saving you. There's a lot of money in watering, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you don't if you don't live on a well or have mm-hmm. water rights or anything like that. But city water, uh, that's expensive. Um, but as far as not having to go to the store, drive the gas, all mm-hmm. that stuff, and knowing that your kids can just walk out and grab anything they want for their lunches and their kids, you know, it's and awesome. Your kids love fruits and veggies. Oh, like they eat healthy. They're like the healthiest eating kids. It's I know. funny now because. Uh, Fiona especially, um, she'll be like, hey, Gabby wants, uh, or <laughs> Gabby's mom wants, and, and whatever, so she'll bring extra to school, or like Chase, hey, uh, Miss Domito needs this, and the teachers now come over and do what you do, bring bring stuff. So I'm kind of yeah. like knowing as... You need to do a little pop-up at the corner of the pyramid, just, <laughs> just like the honey lady dog. Or just do it in your driveway and let but your friends pop through. Here's some money. Thank you for your time. I would be all these little kids. <laughs> I'm trying to think what I don't grow. I mean, there's so much. I'm trying to, I'm going to go around my garden and, and see what I grow. So start, I, last year I had 127 peppers, pepper plant, 100, 100 27 That's different pepper crazy. plants. Holy moly. Um, some of the same stuff. But again, if I only did one or two, I would not be able to do what I love, which is make the salsas, pickled, make pickled hot relish, you know, Your all the sauces, sauce. the hot sauces, all that stuff. Cowboy if I candy. had one, cowboy candy, all that stuff I love making because you don't get that anywhere for six, else. not anywhere else, but just for say six months of the year. Oh, right. So if you only had one or two and made one batch of it, okay, it was good for a week. But now I can make and pickle all that stuff and have it f- until the next garden season. Yeah. Right. So I, I love going, I do go probably more than I need <laughs> or should, but I mean, it's, it, I love doing it. So 127 pepper plants, I got garlic and onions, a whole bunch of different varieties of that. Um, probably 15 or 20 different styles of kale and spinach and lettuces and all, all that stuff. Um, beets, um, radishes, Carrots, all obviously all the herbs. Um, what's in the back there? Uh, eggplants, um, blackberries, blueberries, grow my own ginger, uh, strawberries, um, pear trees, apple trees, um, probably 15 or 20 different styles of squashes and. Um, zucchinis and all that stuff, summer squash, winter squash, delicatas, all that stuff. Um, 50 or 60 different tomato plants, a couple of each variety, a whole bunch of different varieties. Um, and then all the beans and um, pole beans and 
green beans and a whole bunch of stuff like that. 30 different uh, cucumber um, plants. And then you can obviously make pickles. I love making a pickle. People love my pickles, hot pickles, mm-hmm, bread and yep. butter pickles, um, whatever they are. And then all the carrots at the end of the year, the, the longer the carrots go actually in the wintertime, the sweeter they get because the, the sugars intensify in the cold. So the longer you wait to pull your carrots or plant three or four different rotations of that crop, your late your last ones going into winter are going to be your best because they, really? they the sugars intensify in the in the carrots and they're the sweetest best carrots of the year. Um, but then I like in October, November of this last year, November I pulled out two hundred carrots and pickled them all, and now still eating all of them. And the carrot, you know, again the kids take them to school and we go hunting and we take them on all the trips and do all that. Um, Every time there's a meal here, you come with like six yeah. different jars <laughs> of eggplant so, or cowboy yep. candy or yeah, onions. So. The pickled onions were so good. The beets. Do you try to plant everything that like vines all by each other? So it all has something to vine on or like, how did you learn like what? Yeah. So I, what I, I trellis all this stuff. I trellis and I try to grow up as much as I can because it like squashes and, uh, you know, you uh, a whole bunch of potatoes. Wire? Uh, Steak? cattle guards, oh. cattle, uh, fencing. Uh-huh. It's a little, it's sturdier than chicken wire basically, but mm-hmm. more rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can make awning or trellises out of that and, um, not awnings, but coverings you know, like that. Anyway, I get my mind <laughs> is all jacked up, uh, <laughs> but j- yeah, I mean, just to grow up because if you grow like I do. 30, 40 different types of squashes and zucchinis and all that stuff. They're, they're huge. One, one plant takes up 10 by 10, right? I mean, it's huge. So having that many, if you just let it spread on the ground, it basically covers your whole area to where you can never plant anything. So growing up creates, then with that growing up creates shade. So underneath you can plant other plants that like shade and, you know, do things like that. So it's just, you do like lavender to bring more have a bunch of lavender obviously a ton of flowers um the the next thing that i'm getting oh i was going to mention the thing with uh um hold on chase is texting me right now the uh the thing about having so much is thank god we have chickens because if anything does go bad and it does um you just give it to the chicken so it's it never really goes to waste or you put it in your compost that you're going to give back Mm -hmm. to the soil in the end um so, um, Chase is wondering if he can ride the bus home. You guys uh, live like three blocks away from this. <laughs> I know. So, uh, How has he been able to ride the bus? That's what I no, want to know. Not to my house, to Don's. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, going full circle to, you know, if anything does go bad, even if you pickle something and, you know, at the end of the year, you just throw it to the chickens. Or put it in the compost. Everything breaks down. So That's fascinating. I feel like I've learned some things, and I kind of want to. I yeah, gardening is very, it's very time consuming. There's a lot of work, especially if you go big. So basically, the, your first question: How do I get started? I would pick two or three things. That's it. Like I, I went haywire. I have that mentality. A little bit. I, I have. But you had uh, it in your genes. Like I did, you, you know, and I've done it before, yeah. and I kind of grew up doing it. So, don't if you fail, 
you're going to fail. I fail still all the time. I'll be like, what the hell? And Nicole's just like, don't worry about it. Because I, I get pissed. It's kind of like uh, a baby. You know, it's just like, I don't want anything to fail. I get fail. pissed at babies too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Our patients right now. Yeah, exactly. So I just, I hate things dying. And, and you know, after, especially after, you know, you put in time to put it under a grow light for six yeah. weeks and then you get an early frost and you forgot to cover one night and everything's dead. You're just like, yeah. Right. So there's a gardening is very humbling, really. So from experience, because I know this has happened to you and everyone's been sad, but like sometimes we get torrential summer rains. Like what do you do to protect your garden or crops during? There's really not. I mean, I I lost a lot two years ago. Mother nature takes its four inches of rain like in an hour. Mm -hmm. Just a storm cloud burst open. Remember that? A couple, two, three years ago. And uh, just everything was flooded basically lost all my dirt on that hill washed away and uprooted everything that was growing i mean some stuff survived but i had you know pushed it down and where i had it planted up here it started it two months later it started growing down here and i'm like what the hell um so yeah mother nature's gonna do what it's gonna do but um trial and error yeah you can't plan for everything i guess so start with something that is very easy to grow and try one or two things and go from there and don't start from seed because it like you were talking about earlier top feeding or watering or bottom watering and lights and how how hot they have to be there's temperature that they have to stay out to sprout putting on the tops and the the little greenhouses and stuff like that green so i would go to a nursery or a home depot or something to lowe's and grab one or two things that you might feel like you're going to grow and, and I feel that. like that would be more, more me anyways because I need that instant gratification yeah. I need to mm-hmm. see that it's working yeah. like I mean I I give up on so many things just because it's like I don't see the results I want like as quick Same. as you want them and I'm just like okay never do it again exactly yeah, so that's that's another reason why I plant so many because I have a better chance you know if one or two or ten fell I got 30 more in the, you know that are going to yeah. be fine um, and, and another thing that I do now is I plant ex- or I sp- uh, um, propagate whatever seed a lot of extra. So now Nicole's friends or clients or my you know family that say, oh, I need a, you know, purple tomato plant. I OK, here, here's a tomato plant. Go have at it because I, I just I sprout so many of them. Yeah, that I do. Well, I would like some lemon cucumbers, um, some of those little yellow tomatoes, and some. Uh... I'm trying a new tomato this year. I can't remember. Are what tomatoes it's hard here though, because you have to like bring them inside, take them outside, cover them, because they're they're temperamental. Oh, only if you try to do it early, which I do. I feel um, like a lot of people do. I hear always, "Oh my, to- it's gonna freeze my tomato plants." Yeah. yeah. Um, bringing them in and bringing them back out—that's it. I don't do that just because. It, once once I go from seed underneath my lights and plant them, obviously there's no coming back, bringing them inside. It's cover yeah. or not cover. Yeah. Um, so that's that's another thing if to have temporary hoop houses, mm-hmm. um, especially early, you know, when that frost is a chance, if you want to do start early, you have to have those to cover and just pay attention to the weather. I think I'm um, going to give it a whirl. But tom- tomato plants aren't really that hard once they once they take and, and you know no no danger of frost. 
like cherry tomatoes or cherry tomato all tomatoes and there's different types of tomatoes obviously and there's determinate and indeterminate tomatoes determinate is a lot of people grow on balconies or on their back porch or in planters Mm -hmm. like that because determinate tomatoes are determinate on how big the fruit is and how big the plant is Mm -hmm. and it will tell you it grows to two feet and that's it grows to six feet and that's it where indeterminate you i mean it can throughout the season it grows freaking 30 feet long the vines go here you got to be you got to be pruning mm-hmm. i mean it's amazing how big indeterminate tomato plants can get um if you, especially if you don't prune um i mean you'll you'll go out one day and you see 10 tomatoes and then the next day you go out there and and find 50 more because they're hiding behind all the vines and you just kind of move them away and they're like holy jesus there's 50 more um That's crazy. so tomatoes are one thing that i'm actually going to cut back on this year because last year I had an amazing harvest of tomatoes and I still have a ton of sauces in there. So I'm only going to plant a couple, not, I mean, a couple for me is like 10 or 15 probably, but enough to make my fresh salsas and fresh stuff because I can pull from my freezer to make my other stuff. Yeah. So I don't need to just keep barreling up on them. That's a good, I mean, well, I like the a, yellow, a good tip. The yellow one. To, <laughs> to, I really yeah. think that this entire podcast is those more for Brittany yellow, and those, I'm just going to get a bigger basket. Those are called <laughs> yellow pear, the yellow pears. They're so good. They are, and I'm not a tomato person. Like I'm not. They're like little candy fruits. The, the just, older I get, like my I used to be so picky. I can't even believe the things that I eat now here and working under this roof. But uh, little tiny things like eggplant never had before in my life before like four or five years ago. Um, But tomatoes never in my life would I have eaten a tomato. I still won't eat them on like a sandwich or a burger. Actually, sandwich now doesn't bother me as much, but like a burger can't do it. But I'll eat them in all salads. I'll eat Mm -hmm. them by themselves. But those little yellow ones, literally, when I get in my car with my basket, I am popping them <laughs> all the way home because I love that they're just so, like, they're hard and then they, like, burnt. Oh, they're so sweet. I, they're I'm, so good. So those yellow pears, uh, they're, you know, and the cherry tomatoes, the little red ones. Yeah. Right? And then I bought those. That's one of the new uh, things that I bought this year was this new cherry tomato that's, it's like, almost black. It's, like, black and purple and red, real dark purple, black, um yeah. Really excited. It. They said it's a new flavor. It's just amazing. Well, so. at the Winco, they already have those in <laughs> the package. I saw them last night when I ran really? into you. It was in this like big box because my mom's all, get me little tomatoes. And there was like six options of mini tomatoes, like cherry tomatoes. And one of them, which I wanted to get, and the boys talked to me right out, right out of it because the other package was $2 cheaper, which I love the fact that my kids are thinking about that. <laughs> um, but they had like the little yellow ones, little red ones, and they had like those blackish purple colored tomatoes in them. Yeah, it's a new, it's a new strain or variety this year mm. that I've, I mean, that I've, I've never seen. So I'm excited to see. Well, they have them at the Winco. Well, they're not going to be as good as mine. <laughs> um, so yeah, start. Uh, I would say to start, go to the store, buy plants that are already, you know, ready to go. A foot, you just buy foot one t- plant y- if I want to do squash, or do I need like two or three? No, just one. Okay, just start with one, and water it because obviously, if you don't take care of that, it's dead, and yeah, you're not getting anything. So, um, water, mulch, cover, ground cover, mulch is very important. Um, you don't have to water as much because the sun's not hitting the dirt directly. When the wind comes up in the summer, it doesn't blow off the top layer of dirt, um, taking away nutrients and stuff. And when wind blows, it will bring in 
uh, weed seeds and mm-hmm. stuff. So if you just, if you cover it, it. So if I mulch, I do all my things to prep it, I mulch and then I dig my little holes to dig, to yep. plant my yep. pre-existing yep. vegetable plants. Like my, one of my really good friends, um, a couple years ago, wanted to start, uh, and he put it, all he had was grass in his backyard, but didn't want to do raised garden beds or anything like that. So, um, well, what you do it, if you want to take out part of your grass is dig up your grass and flip it over, right? Mm-hmm. Bring, just mm-hmm. drop the grass on the underside instead of taking it out, mm-hmm. just dig it up and flip it over. So those nutrients stay in the dirt. Yep. And then you cover it like you, you don't do that now because you're, it's not going to break down in time, mm-hmm. but you would do this at the end of, you know, the, before okay. the freeze, at like the at the end, time at the, the harvest season. time, if you're going to want to start a garden, dig up your grass, flip it over, cover it with cardboard and mulch, bunch of leaves, bunch of whatever. And by planting time next year, all that for over the winter would have, all the cardboard will be gone. The leaves will be broken down. And if the more you do that in successive years, you'll notice the first year when you mulch, you'll be able to maybe put your hand in the ground four inches before you have to get a shovel and dig mm-hmm. down deeper, right? The next year, you'll be able to do six inches. Next year, you'll be eight inches. It's crazy how light and fluffy and airy and, and awesome the soil gets year after year if you keep mulching because that bottom layer keeps breaking down and just keeps adding dirt and basically a compost underneath that top layer of mulch. It just keeps breaking down and breaking down, and you, it's it's very beneficial to mulch. So if I didn't do that at the end of last season to start a garden this year, in my grass, I would have to dig it out. Or bring in good dirt. Okay. What's Tri- considered good dirt? Triple mix has sa- sandy loamy soil with compost and topsoil in it. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't just get dirt from like a dig site of Brad's? Like no. he couldn't bring me home no. dirt? It's not the same? No. Okay. Oh, just... You could, but you would have to add a bunch of nutrients. Okay. I'd still have to have it tested to see yeah. what it needs mm-hmm. and all that. Okay. Yeah. So if you go to like out here, R.T. Mm-hmm. Donovan and you just walk in and they they have topsoil, uh, double mix, triple mix, and only compost. So you uh, just get that and um, call it good. Okay. I mean, I could do, there, I know this is going long, but there's, there's a lot. <laughs> oh, well, I could talk about this for a whole there, 10 minutes a, because a, I'm crowd, so bad at it's way over. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> techniques. I mean, you can plant in, uh, railroad tie with railroad ties is your border. You can plant in with uh, concrete blocks. You can plant in um, pallets. You can. I see a lot of people now doing uh, because they have smaller spaces. They do the up the the pallet one mm-hmm. with like all their herbs and then lean it up against yeah. the wall. There's, I mean, all that stuff you can you can do. I mean, on Pinterest. Pota- potatoes are are very. Um, the dirt has to be completely different from the rest of your soil. It's got to be real soft, real loose because it has to be able to, and garlic, garlic and onions, uh, onions, uh, once like now, uh, going into the summer, uh, it's called spooning. Like the top of the onion kind of has to stay out of the bottom of the ground. So you kind of like take a spoon and you keep about a quarter or half of the onion out of the ground and you just keep moving around mm-hmm. because it, it, uh, has to be able to, Expand, Swell. right? Mm-hmm. So if you keep it down in the dirt, uh, it, it's Can't a lot harder. That, it's, yeah. a, it's a lot harder to, to spread out and make big onions. You'll get small mm-hmm. ones, but um, so here, you know, it's probably I don't know a month or two away from 
us doing it here time wise but you go in there and you you know take all that and kind of just massage around the edge and move the dirt around and uh, so there's a lot of stuff you have to do like that um garlic pretty much nothing um but potatoes i i've gone from planting them deep in the ground uh what's called healing potatoes put them in in uh, grow sacks um people plant them directly into uh bales of straw um potatoes are kind of weird but uh going back to the last thing i guess we'll talk about is ruth stout is she basically the ground is very soft and and deep like i was talking about and very loose because of the years of mulching right Mm -hmm. and you just throw the potatoes right on top of the ground and cover them back up with the mulch don't dig in don't dig in the ground don't do nothing and that was last year i did that for the first time and my potato harvest was insane insane nature doing its thing yeah nature doing its thing covered up and yeah Brad's going to be so mad we had this podcast because I'm going to be like, okay, so we're going to Home Depot this weekend. (laughs) That's a cool thing. I'm still doing that because I'm like, I'll see on something on, you know, someone will send me something. Hey, do you do this? In the Washington Journal? Yeah. (laughs) YouTube or whatever. You know, YouTube's a rabbit hole. You watch one video and then, you know, the video's on the right. Yes. You can say on YouTube learning shit for hours. You're just like, I need to go. Um, But I'm still learning stuff. I'll be like, that is the smartest thing I've ever done. Why would I not think of that? And just, I, you know, I can grow successfully a lot of stuff, but then you look at that and go, God, that would, I, if I did that, I could do that here and change it up and make plant more stuff, you know, uh, or, or just a different technique to where, you know, anyway, there's a lot of stuff out there that I'm still learning. Um, I guess if anybody writes into you, if they had questions. Well, let, Clay, let me, let's let talk know. about uh, where can they find you on your social platforms? We always mention oh, that. At Clay Building on uh, Instagram, basically, is the only thing I do look at. I don't do TikTok. I don't do Facebook. I have an account, but I don't ever get on and do anything. Um, so you can find him at, at Clay Belding, B-E-L-D-I-N-G. You could always message us straight through Instagram yep. at 40 Years to Freedom. Jennifer is at Our Badass Mom. Brittany's at Brittany K underscore Reno. You got it. I know, I got it. It just took me six months. Um, <laughs> and any of your questions you guys got for Clay? If I wish, I probably actually have some pictures of your garden somewhere that I'll post on Instagram. Like if you guys saw the madness. It's amazing. Of, it's, it's beautiful. And it's literally right down the street for me. And it's so, it just, my, it's a mind blow for me because we live in the desert. Like we live in the desert. This is a high mm-hmm. desert. And to see this giant plethora of produce that you end up with yeah, every single. It is crazy. I love when people. It's come not up. even every single year. It's like every day. Yeah, every Literally day. you can come every day and get something new. I love when people come to my house and they're like, oh, I heard about your garden. And they'll walk back and they see the top garden. You know, that yeah, they're, like, they're, like, oh, wow. they're like, wow. You yeah, it's really cool. And, and then, then they see the back. I open the gate and they're like, holy hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which yeah. is, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. No, you you are like you have a plethora of knowledge too about this stuff. So if people have questions, like you're a very good resource for this area, mm-hmm. what to do, yeah. what not to do, how to provide. You know, that's what we're trying to do here. Well, thank you, Farmer Clay. Thanks, thanks ladies, <laughs> uh, for being our guest artist today, and uh, we appreciate all your knowledge and wisdom in the gardening world. Um, we're more than thankful for all the produce we do get from you throughout the season. So thank you again for that. And Nicole, 
since she's the one who's out there too doing it all, but just doesn't get as much credit. <laughs> all of, all, she's the, like, all of us, all the kids, we yeah. all got, we, it's a family I, affair. I tell, it is a family affair and I tell them because they eat so much of it and goes, I said, you're not getting any of it if you don't help me plant and help me harvest and help me do all this stuff. So they're always out there at harvest time and, and planting time and everything. So. It's, great it's, it's great good. traditions to, to start with your family so mm-hmm. thank you again we love you clay love uh you. if you need more gardening tips reach out to us we want to thank this life ain't for everybody podcast series you guys believe in us we've been getting some great feedback especially from some recent if you have not heard our podcast yet about northern nevada uh food Listen to it because people who I never thought would be reaching out are reaching out saying that they left intrigued and hungry listening to our podcast. (laughs) So we appreciate your support, Brittany. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Love you to death. And we'll see you next week. See you.